You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. We, uh, as usual, and I am not complaining. I'm very happy about it. Please keep the calls coming. 608-501-0718. We're backlogged here, folks, and I got to get caught up. So I'm going to do the same thing today that I try to do every day. Talk less. Let you guys do the talking. That's the goal. We'll see how she goes. We are still, still on, let's see, Tuesday. So we've cracked Tuesday. Our last Monday call was our last call last night. So let's kick it off with Nate from Tuesday. Hey, Pat Daddy, it's Nate. Hey. Thought I'd change uh, away from my uh, anti Rogers, angry with the Packers, and uh, just general, um, you know, I, I guess I say negative, but I think a bit more is realistic. Fair but enough. I'm changing away from that because I just I just thought we could laugh a little bit um, about Devontae's performance. <laughs> one of five um, catches for three yards and negative one rushing yards. Holy. I won't say it this time. Crap. Holy crap. That is so, so bad. Um, people always say, well, Devontae would make our team better. <laughs> Woody, <laughs> go back up. Well, it's funny because I'm positive the first retort would be, well, that's because he's playing for the Raiders. If he was here, things would be better. Why? Because we're a better offense? <laughs> what makes you think that? I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe because they don't have a rapport and we do, everything would be better. But again, the offensive line struggles, Aaron Rodgers struggles, the other wide receiver struggles, the play calling struggles, the every single thing struggles that's going on with this team time to time, the running back struggles, again, fumbling handoffs and things, basic nonsense. Um, let, let, Let me put it this way. We are looking at this situation having not expected this much of a fall off from any of the guys, including prominent guys like Elton Jenkins, Aaron Rodgers, uh, not as dramatic as a fall-off, but still a fall-off nonetheless. It's the only thing that I can do, assuming we don't turn this around, is to look back and say, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have paid Rodgers. Can you imagine if we paid Devontae too? And things were just as bad or or nearly as bad? Maybe we pulled off one more win, but we clearly are not a playoff team and we still suck. You know how bad that would be? And again, what, what is the thing that I always say about if we hadn't paid Rodgers? If we didn't pay Rodgers and he wasn't here, then we would be a bad football team and everybody would say, if Rodgers was here, we wouldn't be having these problems. And we would be wrong, right? So do we know for sure? Do we know for sure that everything would be better if Devontae was here? I don't think that we do. Hello, Ryan. Hi. So, uh, it's a pretty big day, you know, in the life of the world. Uh, yeah. And so I got just one question for you. Yes. How do you feel about the trade that happened last night between the nice, kind words of trick-or-treat and the candy that people gave out? All right. I'll be waiting a long time to hear your answer. You did have to wait a while. I apologize. Uh, It's been a few days. How do I feel about the trades between the trick-or-treat and the candy? Um, 
honestly, I haven't really indulged in my kids' candy, and I'm I'm ashamed of myself. I didn't really think about it until this moment. Uh, I think my kids have wised up a little bit. I remember last year, their bags of candy, which were very full, excuse me, uh, were kind of just sitting out. And so, yeah, I kind of picked through it pretty regularly. I haven't seen the bags of candy. So I'm starting to think maybe they conspired. And when they, you know, got together after trick-or-treating said, hide these or dad will eat all of your candy. I don't know, but I do know after I'm done with this, I will go upstairs. I will raid their bedrooms because that's one of those things you can do when you're a dad. Like, this is my house. Technically, this is my room, blah, blah, blah. And then you just go find their candy and steal it and eat it. Uh, you kind of just make up the rules. You can make up your own rules when you're a parent. It's pretty sweet. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> this is Scuba Steve's son. Hey, Stu. Scuba Steve's son. How are you? Good, you? I don't have a question today, but how can I tell when my dad is telling the truth? Oh, no. He came in the other day with scratches on his arm and limping. He said he got into a fight with a lion and a bear. That's true. But I think he fell out of a tree again. Also, speaking of lions and bears, what is a bear to be? A lion's fan or a bear's fan? Thanks, Ryan. Bye. <laughs> the whole Scuba Steve family is hilarious. Well, first of all, your dad is is clearly not lying to you. I, I actually saw him fighting a lion and a bear. Um, he's a heroic man. Um, I also fought the lion and the bear. He wasn't saving me. If he told you he was saving me, he's a liar and a scoundrel and a thief. He stole my wallet the other day. I don't know if you knew that. Um, but no, he, he always tells the truth, and, and we were both fighting off bears. I fought three bears. He fought two, and... Um, I, it's similar with the the lions ratio, uh, more me than him, but also he was heroic. But no, he uh, he did it for real, and um, he was not falling out of a tree. That didn't happen. Um, well, I, I didn't quite hear the last part of the question. Speaking of lions and bears, which one is worse, something or another? I'm not positive. I caught the actual <laughs> the actual substance of the question, like the real one, the real question. Let me let me let me play it back. See if I can catch it. Yeah, sorry, dude, I missed it. But um, lions and bears fans are not to be trusted. I know that much. They are snake oil salesmen, and they never tell the truth. Unlike your dad, who fought a bear and a lion, but I fought three. Hey, Nico. Hey. So I now could care less about football. Fair enough. I just want you to tweet out things to for people to complain about. Okay. And let them call in and yell at you because <laughs> that is now my favorite thing ever. Yes. As far as the name for the guy that I listened to like a hundred times, yeah, can't tell what his, what his name was, but it's, I think he yelled "Wide Weasel," like like he's a Waskawi Wabbit, or call him Elmer Fudd. I don't know because he just kept going. Wide. See, I, I I can't even say that's a good idea because I feel like I'm crossing a line here, but Nico said it. All right, it isn't me. I'm I'm I, oh shoot. I was going to say, I, I, I could make his name Elmer Fudd and just not say it, but then he's going to call back and be like, all right, we got Elmer Fudd on the line. So I'm just going to say, that's really mean, Nico, and I don't appreciate that. Hey, we see that. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing. So, um, Elmer Fudd, Waskly Wabbit, one of those two. Um, but hey, yeah, great, great idea. Hey, you know, I think it too, because um, you <sighs> probably could label this under like a psychiatric help for people. Okay. You know, like you're giving free counseling. Yeah, I should. Because you're really just doing what a, a shrink does. You sit there and That's true. Just people let people yap. yell and whatnot. Um, so you, you <laughs> almost could charge for the service. I mean, not me, obviously, you know, but other people, you know, especially Wacky Wabbit, you know, Elmo Fudd. But anyways, hey, uh, uh, so yes, make up more things to complain about, please, on Twitter. And if I had Twitter, I would I would know what to complain <sighs> about, but I don't have Twitter because uh, Twitter is just uh, evil. So, hey, uh Good night. Uh. The timing could not have been any better on that. All right. I'm, I, I'm sorry to that caller. All right. I am. It's not funny. It's not something to laugh about. That is the name I'm going to put down, though. So for, for different reasons, bound by law to, to do what the callers say. At least that's my understanding of the law. I'm, I'm a little shaky on it. We needed a wide receiver. A wide Receiver. To be fair, I don't think that's a speech impediment. It sounds like he's from New York or something, which is hard for us to tell sometimes.
All right, we're moving. We're grooving. Who's up next? Aaron number two, whose name is not Aaron. What's up, man? Ryan, it's Jimmy. Hey. <clears throat> Ryan, it's Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Um, I think I get it. I haven't listened to the latest podcast yet, but uh, I saw the title. Don't have a direct, any direction, right? Yep. And I think I get it. Now, for the record, I have not listened to this yet, but this is what this I was just scary. thinking. Every time we make a move, yeah. the team makes us uh, have to go back on it. In other words, you know, we thought Rodgers was washed up, so we, we drafted Love. No, no, then, then Rodgers got better. Right. We thought Cobb was gone, so we drafted Amari Rodgers. Then Cobb's back. Uh, we, <clears throat> you know, uh, think that we're going to um, – Move on from one wide receiver and spread it around, and then we don't. Uh, think I lost it there? It is 4.53 in the morning. I get it. But the point is, almost like an etch-a-sketch. You go in one direction, then you got to go back the other way. Yeah. And you keep going, you got to go back the other way, and you get all these little zigzags all over the place. Let's see. I'm going to go listen to that podcast, see if Ryan can send me straight. Bye-bye. So that might be my fault. I, I encourage people to call right when they wake up in the morning because they have these sort of epiphanies that hit them instantly, um, knowing full well that the epiphanies they have are not really things that make sense. And um, I think you could tell he realized it <laughs> as he was as he was describing it a little bit, but no, I, I, I kind of get it. Like we, they, we, they make us think things and then we don't think it. It's not, that's not exactly the point I made, but I do appreciate the call. Please feel free to call in when you wake up in the morning at four fifty three or four fifty two, according to this AM. Hey Ryan, Ryan hey. from Connecticut. What a- um, trying to change gears a little bit, although I'm sure I'll add fire. We might add fire to the, uh, whole hate of Brian Gutekunst. Uh, I'm curious how the Packers who left are doing. Um, I know Z is doing pretty well. Yep. Uh, but how PFF say that um, EQ is doing, or MVS? Uh, obviously, Kevin King doesn't have a team. Kiki Kingsley doesn't have a team. Um, how about Billy Turner? And he's wanting to go back two years to see, um, kind of, you know, judging, uh, or grading Brian Gutenkunst's foresight, um, how the guys doing that have left and maybe even compared to the guys we have now, although it's not a direct one to one, you know, Devontae left and, um, we didn't really pay a receiver for that. You know, the whole Twitter thing is that we got Russell and, uh, Campbell and, all of them instead of DeAndre. So um, hopefully this makes sense. Just curious really how uh, some of the guys that we let go are doing with their with their new team. Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye. Yeah, so that's tough, right? I mean, we, we can do it. Um, what conclusions to come to, though, are, are a little bit up in the air. A couple reasons for that. Um, if they go on to succeed somewhere else, is that because Brian Gutekunst is an idiot and we let him go too early, or is that because our coaching staff didn't necessarily get the best out of him? Or it could be the same from the the opposite point of view. If they leave and play like garbage somewhere else, maybe it's a positive for Brian Gutekunst getting rid of them because they were no good, or maybe it's because they're just in a bad situation and it would have been better here, which we wouldn't know that. Um, Devontae Adams is clearly having his worst year. It is his worst year since 2016. Uh, He has a 76.7 overall grade, 510 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Last year, he had a 92. The year before that, 92. Before that, 88, 87, 80 were his grades since from 2017 to 2021. Uh, This past week, he had his worst game ever. Kind of heard a little bit about that. Five targets, one reception, three yards. Um, I don't know the last time he's had a game that bad, but 45.4 overall grade, um, including a drop. So it's not all just like bad throws. Obviously, with his bad grade, it has something to do with drops also. So things are not going well for Mr. Devontae Adams. As far as Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 
He is right on par with where he was last year in terms of his grade, 66.0. The year before that was 66.1. He does have 369 yards already, so he's on pace to probably surpass what he did um, the previous year with the Packers. He has 22 receptions. He only had 26 last year. Um, If I had to guess, it would just be more usage. He's being thrown to more than Rodgers threw to him, and there's probably connecting more than um, they did when he was here. You know, Rodgers had a hard time getting the ball to him. But in terms of his actual play and how good of a job he's doing via PFF, he's the exact same player that he was. Um, Equinemius, it's hard to say. He wasn't even on our starting roster last year, so you can't really compare. He played a grand total of, he had, well, he had nine receptions. I don't know exactly how many games or whatever, but nine receptions for 98 yards. 56 overall grade. He's at a 67 right now. Way too small of a sample size to even compare. I will say the one, the, the most he played for Green Bay was his rookie year in 2018. Um, similar targets, receptions, he had a 64 overall grade, and again, this year's 67. So he seems to be roughly the same as he was as a rookie in Green Bay. Uh, who else we got that left? Uh, Lucas Patrick left. Lucas for us last year, 57 overall grade. For the Bears this year, 55 overall grade. So he's the same guy he was, slightly worse. Billy Turner um, is having his worst year since, well, since the last time he was in Denver, I guess, or two years prior. The last like full season he played where he was as bad was 2015 in Miami. Um, so it's been a long time. He's got a 58.9 overall grade. Last year, 67 for the Green Bay Packers. It's been pretty rough for uh, for the guy. To be fair, though, he's only played the last three weeks, and this past week he had a 67.6, which is right on par for what we got from Billy Turner. So maybe if he plays more, it'll kind of hover in that range a little bit more. But again, same guy, maybe slightly worse. Uh, Zadarius, again, didn't really play for us last year. Currently has an 85 overall grade. That's the highest he's had since 2019. and 2020, that went down to a 76. And 2021, again, didn't play very much, but that was down to a 56. Um, it's been pretty up and down, but he's had the last two weeks have been really, really solid. 11 pressures against Miami in week six and then four in week eight, 92 overall grade and 81 overall grade. Before that was a 49, before that was a 66. When his first five weeks, he had one good game in the last two, it's been uh, really, really solid for him. So, um, I, I, I will say in terms of just, just pure evaluation, maybe he's still kind of the same guy he was, but there's also other factors to consider. Number one would be contractually. Number two is the the locker room issues that were arising because of Zadarius Smith. Whether it was his fault or somebody else's fault, it seemed like the locker room didn't really like him and he didn't really like the locker room. So I don't know exactly if we're missing anybody, but that seems to be about it. I mean, we could check Corey Bajorquez. Corey is having his best season ever with Cleveland. Um, 75.7 overall grade. He's got his second highest yards per attempt, um, second lowest net yardage. Um, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, four, three, six average hang time, 75 overall grade. For Green Bay last year was a 62, which is his lowest, which makes sense considering our special teams was complete T-rash. So I don't know how that helps, but whatever that did for you, hopefully you got uh, some answers answered. Hey back, Daddy. It's Nate. Hey. Um, just calling in to give some thoughts on the on the trade deadline. I know I'm I'm a day late from your post on Twitter, but wanted to give them anyway. I I'm less in the camp of uh, wishing that they had brought somebody in so much as I was wishing that they were going to ship some people off and maybe get us some draft capital so that we can try to begin the very obvious rebuild that is going to have to start. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping they were going to dump Savage, at least, for sure. Uh, my my position on that is I generally agree, but I don't see any reason to do it now. You can do it at the end of the season just as easily. Um, maybe there's going to be a more saturated market and it's harder to move people. I don't know. Um, but I, 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 I think it's just it's going to do more damage than good to rush it and try to squeeze out, you know, a couple fourth-round picks. I mean, I'm not talking about Savage. I don't know what you get for Savage. Um, maybe, maybe you can get like a sixth or seventh round pick out of them. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're squeezing out some mid to late round picks. Maybe, uh, Aaron Jones, you probably get a little more or something, but, but I, I don't see the reason to completely tank the year and destroy the, the locker room environment. Let's wait until 
The season ends. Very good possibility Aaron Rodgers retires at that point. I don't think anybody in that locker room is going to really expect anything other than people being shipped off. So that'll be a little bit better of a situation. That's just kind of how I view it. But I generally agree I would like to see more of a moving out the door thing. Plus, there is still a chance they turn it around. It's not impossible. You know, again, they they have the talent. They just got to put it together. So best of both worlds. We'll pretend we still care and um, not ship anybody off and make a couple half-hearted attempts at, at going and getting guys. And then, uh, you know, if we end up doing stuff, then we'll say, yeah, we always believed in you. And if we don't, then we'll ship them off when the season ends. I don't think Savage is the answer at safety. Uh, he's not really done a whole lot. He had like one, what, maybe one good season? Yep. One Second okay year. season at that. Um, the other thing is, I don't know why everybody is getting so mad at Brian Gutekunst. Like, he's the one who's given us a shot here. He's brought in a lot of really good talent. Like, do you do you think that there are just uh, a ton of fantastic drafters out there just waiting to come to Green Bay? Ryan Gutekunst is the fantastic drafter that we brought to Green Bay. He's hit quite a bit, not just on draft picks, but he's also hit on a lot of free agents that he's brought in. Yeah, I, again, I'm I'm to the point of just assuming that people are just throwing temper tantrums and don't have any interest in actually looking into the information uh, when it comes to Brian Gutekunst, because you're right. I mean, it we had a team with a losing record, and he turned it around in one year. He has been he has hit on a lot of draft picks, a lot. I'm not going to say he's number one because I'm sure he's not. That would seem really unlikely. I know there's some teams that have done some good stuff. The Colts with Ballard, not as much anymore, but um, Ballard, the the Bills with Bean. You know, there's guys that have have had some hits, but. Um, the Packers are up there in terms of getting some, not just good production, but elite production. It's one thing to say, okay, yeah, you got Jair, that's one. Like, mm, one, though? We're talking top five corner in the NFL. That's not just one. Rashawn Gary, a premier pass rusher, that's not just a hit. That's that's pretty incredible. And we don't pick top five. We don't get that luxury. Like some of these other teams that had some big hits who have like seven first-round picks and three of them are in the top ten. Like, give me a break. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just... The the bottom line is it didn't work and people want to throw a temper tantrum. That's it. You didn't do enough. You didn't get enough guys. You did. It's your job to do all that stuff. And, and without any real grounding in reality that just, you know, you, you get maybe seven picks in the draft... And what, six of them are just going to be absolute studs, and then those studs are going to go on and win the Super Bowl? How about he drafts really well and goes out and get free agents that dominate? The team is dominant. They win 13 games and lay an egg in the playoffs. How about that for a strategy? Because that's literally what happened. How is that Brian Gutekunst's fault when you build an absolute Goliath of a team that destroys the regular season but doesn't show up on game day? I don't know if you knew this or not, but the GM isn't the guy that gives pep talks to go down there and make sure that they're ready and prepared to play in the playoffs, not his gig. Um, you know, I think he's got an issue with maybe hanging on to guys a little too long. You know, that is, that is my one issue is this, this all in strategy, which again, he's getting no credit for. He's doing exactly what fans have been begging for to go all in. This is what all in looks like. And it didn't work. And they're saying it's because he didn't go all in. It's absolutely insane, but you're right. Way too much investment. in. we have to keep the band together. We have to resign everybody. The amount of money they wanted to pay Devante is like, Dude, please don't do this. Like that's I love Devontae, but that's crazy. Um, he was he was doing way too much to try to keep it together. And yeah, now it's it's definitely hurting us. Darius probably a little bit longer than he should have. Um, I don't think that we should have re-signed Razul. Uh specifically. I d I don't think Razul is worth the money that we've paid him. Um I know a lot of people probably get angry because they, they see that he's made like, you know what, one or two interceptions, but he hasn't done a whole lot else. Um, he's been grading out pretty poorly. But I guess the ultimate point is um, this doesn't fall on Gutekunst. I, I think this falls more on Matt LaFleur for um, kind of losing the locker room, I, which we, you know, you've talked about before. And it falls on Rodgers, and I think uh, Shannon Sharp was talking on it best on Undisputed, which I know a lot of people don't like that show. I don't like Skip Bayless. I do like Shannon Sharp. He said Rodgers is not a good leader. Um, pretty accurate, in in my opinion. He seems like a good leader. Uh, I, I think at times he was, but I think he has become very 
clicky. Um, you know, he only likes certain guys. If you're not one of those guys, then you're kind of on the uncircled. That's not what a good leader is. So, um, that's just kind of where I'm at with the trade deadline. Uh, I wish we would have shipped off some guys and gotten some draft capital, but I guess we're just going to have to do what we're going to do. Let that go. Somebody had made the comment recently that, um, you know, th- this whole situation we're in is new to Matt LaFleur. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of things are easier when you're winning, you know, the locker room is really easy to manage the, the leadership and the, you know, getting your guys to buy in and, and to care and drive and all that stuff is it's everything's a lot easier when you're beating everybody. Now that you're playing from behind, there's a whole new skill set that needs to come out, whether it be in the locker room with the head coach, the, the lesser coaches, the, the GM, there's a whole new thing that needs to kick in. And I just don't know that we're built for that. Um, I don't know that this team is built for that because we we don't have those guys with those skill sets. I don't think the head coach has that skill set. I don't think our quarterback has that skill set. I don't think anybody in there is that guy that's that's built for dragging people through adversity. You know, getting people fired up and motivated to see through the darkness into the light. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. It's it's a it's a learning process, but we are. A little bit running out of time here. Hey, back, Debbie. It's Nate again. Um, I had a I had an actual question this time. Um, so, when is going to be the earliest that we can feasibly uh, get rid of get rid of Rogers? Do we do we get to write out this whole contract? Like the, the whole concept of a no trade clause just makes me so angry. That- First note. There isn't a no trade clause in his contract, so we're good. That they gave that to him. I, I kind of said that on Twitter to you, but it just handcuffed us to him so badly that now, what are we supposed to do? Um, Rogers, he got graded out pretty well last game, but he's been really inconsistent lately and kind of bad a lot. Um, He's not really worth the money. You know, all the fan base is perfectly willing to say that a player is not worth the money that they're getting paid until it's Rodgers. And uh, we've hit that point um, that he's just not worth that much money. He takes up a lot of cap space, a lot of our cap space. And it's just going to keep getting worse. It's going to make it harder and harder to pay guys. You know, everybody loves Rashawn now. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to afford him. Um, we're going to be paying Rodgers a, a lot of money, and we got a lot of dead cap even if he retires. So, I guess my my question is when when can we feasibly start looking for a new quarterback? Like when, um, you, you know, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't know about Jordan Love. Um, he's only really played a couple of games, uh, mostly preseason. So, I don't really know if he can be something or not. I, I know the fan base doesn't really want him, so um, not a great start there. But if we wanted to look for like a, a first rounder, um, can we look this year? Is it is it too early? Are we kind of shackled to Rogers? Are we waiting for him to retire? Is that our best option? Um, or is this no trade clause just more he gets to pick where he wants to go? Because at this point, I'll let him go wherever the hell he wants to go. Go Petco. So I don't know the nat- the full nature of the contract and and what things there may be in the contract in terms of his say in this, that, or the other. I don't, I don't really know, but I know there isn't an official no trade clause. Um, and so we, we have three options. We can, he, he can retire, we can trade him, or uh, we continue to play with him in 2023. Uh, as far as the, the, there's a lot of doom and gloom about we can't afford him and everybody else and 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 Rashawn. Rashawn will get paid, a hundred percent. He's going to get paid. There's it. There is nothing more obvious to me on this planet. Um, I know Rogers is reportedly getting fifty million dollars a year, but that has nothing to do with his cap. It. He's he's getting paid twenty eight and a half million right now. And, well, that's not true. His cap hit is twenty eight and a half million. That's pretty small for for a quarterback. So, for example, Aaron Rodgers' contract in terms of his cap hit this year is $28.5 million. That is sixth in the NFL, 
Chris Jones, the defensive tackle, is higher at 29.4. Jared Goff, 31.1. Kirk Cousins, 31.4. Pat Mahomes, 35.8. Ryan Tannehill is the highest at 38.6. Rodgers is actually pretty on par with Carson Wentz at 28.3. And Joey Bosa, the pass rusher. You say, well, yeah, what about next year when, you know, all this, this is when we need the money for all these guys. Aaron Rodgers' contract ranks 13th. Uh, as far as the cap hit, it goes up to only 31.6. Leonard Williams is at 32. Jake Matthews, the left tackle, is 34 million. Derek Carr is 35 million. Tom Brady is 35. Uh, he probably won't be here, but Matt Ryan, 35. Laramie Tunsil, left tackle, 35. Kirk Cousins, 36. Ryan Tannehill, 36. Josh Allen is at th- almost 40. Pat Mahomes goes up to 47 million. I'm sure they're going to restructure that, but that's ridiculous. Dak Prescott's cap hit is $49 million, and Deshaun Watson is $55 million. That's the cap hit. So there's there's nothing super doom and gloom about it. Even if you go to 2024, it's really not that bad. Aaron Rodgers is eighth, and, and you got to understand that's eighth. Not a lot of contracts even go out this far. So by the time this comes around, this is not that bad. It's at $40 million, but you got to understand the, the cap hit will grow by probably pretty close to $40 million in total like grow by 40 million um and it's only going up about 10 million over those co- uh, couple years so 40 million Josh Allen 41 Derek Carr 44 Pat Mahomes 44 Matt Stafford 49 Kyler Murray is up to 52 Dak Prescott 52 Deshaun Watson 55 in 2024 so again a lot of those aren't actually going to be their cap hits I'm just I'm just saying those aren't really big numbers they're really not that big and that's assuming he's even here. And, I, and and my thing is, I don't think he's going to be here. But even if he is here, these are not devastatingly high numbers. If we look at uh, next year, obviously, everybody's very concerned about the salary cap. If, if we don't do anything, we're at negative $2 million. But but this this is kind of the thing. Next year, we have a decision to make. Do we continue to move in or do we continue to move on? If we move on, either way, we can clean this up. But in order to clean this up, we have to either continue on this path, which means we push out more money, um, maybe restructure Rodgers, but probably not, because again, that's not even that high of a cap hit. Definitely David Bakhtiari at $29 million. You got to do something. Kenny Clark at $24 million. Aaron Jones at $20 million. Jair at twenty, Preston at 13 uh, Rashawn. Rashawn, you might be able to get that number down if you get a deal done with him or whatever. I don't know, but... Um, we, we would have to push more money out, which is going to cause more problems. If you're moving on, well, then you, you dump Aaron Rodgers, you dump David Bakhtiari, maybe, you dump Aaron Jones, you dump Darnell Savage, and man, we're, we're already making some serious progress here. We're, we're very much back in the black. And now we don't have to keep pushing money out, and we can start to clean up that disaster, and that, and that will have an impact on 2024, because right now, 2024 is just completely fake for a couple reasons. 2024 um, says we have $15 million, which is not a lot. When you look two years out and you're still at $15 million, that sucks. But but here's the problem. If we're pushing money out, that number goes down. That's the problem. This The number into the future keeps going down lower and lower and lower because we're pushing 2023's number partially into 2024. So again, we're going to have like negative money to start the season, and we have to decide again, do we push more money out or do we finally stop this? If we don't do this, we're taking... I think the $24 million cap hit for Rodgers, so that goes from 40 down to 24, so that's a $16 million increase. That puts us at $31 million already. We're, we're wiping David Bakhtiari off the books. That's $33 million. We are freaking rich. Aaron Jones is another 16. So we're at like $75 million just, just because those three players are off the books the previous year. So if we do move on, let's say we get a, a top 10 pick. Let's say we pick 10th or something, and we trade Rodgers, Bakhtiari, and Aaron Jones. And I don't know how much we're going to get, but we're going to get some capital for that. So we get a pretty hefty um, sum of picks. Not a ton that we can do in terms of free agency. We're going to have to spend that year kind of poor. But we 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 take the the roster, which is already pretty talented. We get whatever picks we can, whether that be a quarterback or not. And we move forward. And then the next year, if we suck, we still have a bunch of picks, you know, high pick. If we're good, we don't, but we're still flush with cash. That's kind of the situation. 
And I know most people, the, the, they, they would just like to continue on with Rodgers and everything else, and, and that's fine. Assuming we find a way to turn this around and, and make it work, I, I think we can. But it's just going to be more and more years of the same thing. And I don't just mean play. I'm just talking, Rodgers needs help. Well, we don't have any money. Well, you got to figure it out. The salary cap's not real. No, it is real, and we're screwed because we've been pushing money out for like four or five years now. I, I don't mean screwed in terms of like we have to cut Rashawn. I just mean we can't do anything. We can't do any fancy stuff. Like, you want a cool wide receiver? All right, you get Sammy Watkins. Well, that's not good enough. Well, that's what you get because that's all we got. I'm sorry. It's the best I can do for you, bud. So that, that's my read on the situation. Either way can work. The, the doomsday stuff, I don't really buy. I'm looking right at it. It's not doomsday. It's just one sucky option or another. One sucky option is we, we, we move on in 2023, make some cuts. We were poor that year, but we get some draft capital. We get as much as we can, and we get as many picks as we can, and we do the best we can with what we have. And then by 2024, we're, we're free and clear. The salary cap is booming. We don't really have a ton of big... I mean, we do. We got Jair, we got Rashawn, we got maybe Elton and, and Kenny or whatever. I'm not really sure where we're at by 2024, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're building. We, we still have a lot of really good core pieces. Hopefully have a quarterback. If not, that's the biggest one, and, and we go from there and we see what we got. But those are the options. So, But we got to let this play out first. That'll kind of help clarify where we need to go in the future. Obviously, if we turn this around, then maybe it's a little closer to, all right, fine, let's freaking try it again, I guess. Um, if we don't turn it around, then then I can't imagine why we would choose to further damage our cap and, and stunt our ability to rebuild you know, and, and, and waste the years that we have with the good players that we do have just to continue this disaster. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Been a few weeks since L.A. Collins. Um, all those bitches moaning about trade deadline has me thinking Did I catch that? that? I don't think I did. We've been uh, rooting for a different team or people have been watching a different franchise than I have for the last, I don't know, 30 years. <clears throat> Going all in, it's uh, been this cult-like chant for years now. It's <laughs> kind of making me sick. There is no all-in. You go in all, every year to win the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, shit. This year, in pan out, doesn't look like it sucks. Not one singular player was going to help this team. In my mind, I wanted a right guard or a right tackle and then just pounded the damn ball every game. But with Rodgers under center, that isn't happening. He is the weight around our feet in the old uh, Ichigumi up there, the Xperia. Pulling us down, can't do anything. His cap number's so high. So, frankly, as a franchise, we're riding it out. We're not going to give away draft capital in the future because we need to find a quarterback. 
simple as that. You can pitch him on a wide receiver all you want. We need a quarterback, and we need draft capital to make that happen. All right, bud. Um, sorry I'm not calling the Packer complaint line, but um, I'll call back when I feel like it. Talk to you later. And he feels like it in about uh, 40 minutes. Um no, I'm 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 more or less with you. The the all in thing is is nonsense. And again, I'm I'm just kind of tired of talking about it. People that don't recognize that we've been going all in for all this time, it's just it's a waste of time trying to communicate that. Um, and yeah, the other thing is we we've, we've maxed out this strategy. We've maxed it out, and this is what we get out of it. And it's not it's not good, you know. Um, and the problem with the pushing back contracts and everything else is that it's it's, it's effectively just lowering our cap, right? We, we we're just taking certain cap dollars and just lighting them on fire. We're not being efficient with our cap dollars. In other words, we should have more money than we have, but we spent some of this year's money the last couple of years, and so we don't have as much to spend. And then on top of that, you just get the inefficiency in terms of production. Um, even though, again, I don't think Rogers' cap hit is as high as many people think it is. I, I don't think we're getting enough production from him. Um, and you can go down the line. You know, Bakhtiari seems fine in terms of how he's playing, but he's not playing enough. So we're not getting as much as you'd like out of him. Um, you know, Elton Jenkins, he hasn't getting paid a ton, but still, it's it's not what we want out of him. Um I, Jair, you could even argue. I don't exactly know what his cap hit is, but I mean, I, I I like Jair and I like what I'm getting. It's just we've we've maxed it out, and there there's no getting better than this. It's just trying to hang on to something as close to this as we possibly can moving forward. And if this is as good as this pile can get us, we have to start cleaning this out and 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 rework some things and and those are they're going to have to be some drastic changes and I do think quarterback has to be one of them and I fully acknowledge we're going to go backwards big time at quarterback when we lose Rodgers but a lot of that has to do with the fact that most quarterbacks just suck there's like five good quarterbacks in the NFL everybody else is garbage so I fully acknowledge we're going to have a garbage quarterback but you kind of get like a lot of teams stuck in this death spiral. You know, how many, how many years do teams hang on to quarterbacks that are good, but just not quite good enough. Um, and Rogers usually isn't in that category. He's exceptionally good, but um, you know, you look at the Andy Dalton's and the Joe Flacco's and the, you know, maybe even like Kirk cousins where it's like, they're, they're so good. And, and as soon as Kirk cousins leave that, that team is going to zero, but they may have to do it anyways. Why? Because if he's, Never going to be able to get you over that hump. You have to tear down and go find somebody else that'll do it. You have to. But some teams are so scared of that fall off. They're so scared of that plummet that's that's coming when the quarterback leaves that they're not willing to actually pull the trigger. You know, if the if the Vikings go to the playoffs and lose in, in the first game of the of the playoffs, are they really going to have the guts to say, I'm going to forego this massive winning season we had. I don't know. Let's say they they lose four games all year or whatever. They have a great regular season. They won the division. Vikings fans are pouring in. You're selling out the stadium. You're making a bunch of money. It would be very easy to give Kirk Cousins another one-year fully guaranteed contract and just run it back and convince yourself, hey, maybe this time we'll get it right. When deep down you know the right thing is probably to let him go and get someone else. Again, I don't even know if I agree with that, that he's the problem with the team. I'm just saying... That's an example. And so, you know, we're, we're kind of in rip the Band-Aid off territory and nobody wants to rip the Band-Aid off. And, and not just Rodgers, I mean, in a lot of areas. There's a lot of areas where if we actually want to fix the damage that's been done, we have to, to do the hard thing. And nobody wants to do it. Like, we can't, why would you go backwards? I don't understand why you would go backwards. Why would you make things worse? Shouldn't we be making things better? Sometimes you have to make things worse in order to make it better. You know what I mean? So sometimes you got to amputate the leg to save the rest of the body, to save your life. You know, I, I, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but we're, we're coming closer to that, that thing. And, and that sucks, but it's just the reality. Hello. Hello. Um, Hey, 
Hello. Brandon? <laughs> Hello. I literally do not remember what I was calling about. All right. Well, take your time. We got time. Um, you can call back if you want to call back or... You all right? Brandon? Yeah, back out of <laughs> Well, um... Hello. Number one. Here we go. It's a good start. Oh, I remember. There it is. It's my guy. Um, I was middle linebacker. Um, let's start with the positive. Okay. First, um, McDuffie, I believe, had the green sticker on his helmet for calling defensive plays for that for the game. So okay. I was actually impressed with how the defense held it together in that second half with, uh, you know, of course, the rookie the third and fourth string middle linebackers being in there and calling defensive plays. Um, thing that initiated my call, um, Quay Walker getting kicked out of the game. I can't be the only person that saw him get ejected and thought, well, at least Buffalo can't exploit him now. Oof. So, um, of course, losing to Andre sucked and made that hurt worse, but I'm sure that crossed your mind, right? At least they can't take advantage of him like every other team has done repeatedly. All right. Um, sorry for the minute-long silence there at the beginning. Thanks, bud. Call back. I feel like it. It didn't honestly cross my mind. Um, I, I I didn't really have an opinion on Quay in this game. I didn't really notice him positive or negative, so I didn't really have a thought. I didn't know how he was playing. I, I think I was concerned negatively because I was worried about the guys coming in. Um, just like with the Rodgers thing, it's like it's, it's bad, but it could always get a lot worse. That That's my mantra for everything. That's why I don't want to fire anybody. It's why I don't want anything to change. It's it's because I'm I'm a lot of times that guy that's scared to rip the Band-Aid off. That's why I didn't want to hire Dr- Mo Drayton. Well, I, you know, the, everybody in Packers fandom, like, well, it couldn't get any worse. I mean, it can, and it did. You know, same with Joe Barry. Like, well, we got to fire Pettin. Like, I mean, I get it. It's not good enough, but could be worse. And now we're sitting here thinking maybe it, it might have just gotten worse. Um, Gutekunst, first of all, I don't think he's doing a bad job, but even if he was, I'm scared about it. same with same with Matt LaFleur. Like I've got concerns about, you know, leadership and motivation and all that stuff, but it's hard to give up the stuff that he does really, really well in hopes that we can find a better motivator, you know? Like, yeah, but geez, I I I I really genuinely feel like as as a play caller, as a as an as a guy that has a really firm grasp on on these offensive concepts and and how to utilize them and take advantage of defenses like I I really think he is tip of the spear on some of that stuff um so I struggle I I I don't struggle blaming him for a lot of the issues I really struggle when I sit there and say I don't know if we have a choice but to move on because I know how how devastatingly awful it can be because because we see this all the time Teams that go out and they get new quarterbacks and new coach, and that's all it's going to take, by the way. You get a new GM, new quarterback, and a new coach, the three most important things, and you miss on two of the three or three of the three, we are the Detroit Lions. Just that fast. You have a garbage quarterback, a bad GM, and a bad coach. It's, it's, it is over, right? And now now by week four, you start talking about the number one overall pick and making changes and we need to do this and that, and you get in that death spiral of hiring new coaches every year or two. Because because the reality is, whether it's coaches, GMs, quarterbacks, linebackers, anything, most of the time when you replace somebody, when you go get somebody new, it's not going to work out. I'm not offering a solution. I'm just saying... I think we are in a position where we need to change, and it's scary because the odds are we're going to change for the worse, not for the better. But that doesn't mean we still shouldn't do it. It just means buckle up because this is probably going to suck. Hey, Ryan, this is Henry. I'm out here at uh, my work in Minnesota. This season has been hell. 
for those of us unlucky enough to not be located in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, that's, that's bad. besides the point. Um, you kept saying that the Packers are facing a light box against the Bills, and they have all season. I thought what I saw on Sunday was that the Packers ran against the stacked box way, way more and single high safety than they have seen all season. Um, yeah, I, I the the as far as the Bills are concerned, a lot of people had alluded to the fact that, especially toward the end of the game, they were allowing us to run the ball because because they were up by so much. So, and I I don't know, I haven't seen the stats, but people were throwing that out there, trying to discredit how good of a job the Packers had done running the ball because after they had run up twenty one points, they were essentially light box letting us run against them. So. Maybe that's not the case. I don't know, but that is my understanding. I know, obviously, on that fourth down play, that wasn't the case. And I'm sure once or twice in in very obvious running situations, they put a couple extra guys in the box. But um, that's my current understanding, is that the Bills played very light in the box um, because, again, they're up 21, and if we want to run the ball, friggin' go ahead. Especially going into the second half when we started beating them, on the ground especially, I saw just... They were occasionally rotating nine guys into the box because they knew we were going to run. Let me, again, I I just saw this on uh, Twitter and whatnot, and maybe it's just guys just spouting off at the mouth because that's just what people do sometimes. I didn't bother to check it because I assume the people that posted it did check it and knew what they were talking about and whatnot. I don't exactly, oh, you know what? I do know how to check it. Um, Let's do this. We'll look at last week. We're going to look at, Aaron Jones, who typically faces the lighter boxes between him and A.J. Dillon. And we'll look at uh, the box by quarter, I guess. And I guess I don't exactly know. Like, a normal box would be seven, right? Like, you know, four, three defense is four, five, six, seven. So a loaded box is eight or more. Six or less would be a light box, would would be my thought on that. So eight or more in the box in the first quarter... A.J. Dillon had one attempt for two yards in a loaded box. Aaron Jones had zero. In a light box, Aaron Jones had one attempt for six yards. This is just the first quarter or whatever. Seven men in the box. Aaron Jones, one attempt, two yards. This doesn't make sense. They had three attempts for 10 yards in the first quarter? Wow, I guess so. First series out, you had um, Jones, Jones, Rodgers, 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 Dillon, Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. So run, run, pass, 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 run, pass, 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 and then turnover on downs. Then they had the ball. Then we got the ball back, and it was pass, 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 punt, and then we gave the ball back. So that's great. All right, let's check the second quarter because that doesn't really tell us anything. <laughs> what, three three rushing attempts? Second quarter, let's just look at overall. So Aaron Jones had nine attempts. A.J. Dillon had three in the second quarter. Light boxes, Aaron Jones three, A.J. Dillon one. Normal box, uh, Aaron Jones five, A.J. Dillon one. And then a heavy box, Aaron Jones won, A.J. Dillon won. Third quarter, A.J. Dillon saw a stack box three times, Aaron Jones once. Light box, A.J. Dillon just once. And then seven men, uh, five attempts for Jones, A.J. Dillon two. So yeah, there's definitely not a lot of light boxes here. I mean, third quarter, it was what, one? Curious about the overall, but let's look at the fourth quarter here. Fourth quarter... Uh, only four rushing attempts. One of them was from Aaron Rodgers. One attempt was in a stack box. Three of them, again, Rodgers was one of them. So the other two from Aaron Jones were from a light box. So overall for the game, Aaron Jones ran, trying to keep this all straight, Aaron Jones, 20 attempts. Six of them were in a light box. Three of them were in a stack box. A.J. Dillon, five of them in a stack box. Two of them in a light box. So Jones did see more in a light box than in a stack box, but it's three compared to six. It's not that drastic. Certainly not as, as it was portrayed. I mean, in, in either direction, uh, not really as it's portrayed. A normal seven-man box. Sorry if you can hear the vacuum. We have somebody coming over tomorrow, so certain people in my household panic and go on cleaning fits. This is like the 19th time they've vacuumed, and I have no idea why that happens, but here we are. Uh, 11 attempts for Aaron Jones. Most of Aaron Jones' attempts were in a seven-man box. A.J. Dillon saw three of them. Just for everyone's uh, curiosity, in a light box, just so we can uh, compare, 
And we'll look at rates here. Aaron Jones, six attempts, 6.2 yards. A.J. Dillon, two attempts, 14 yards. That guy never, never sees a light box. In fact, I want to check this. I might save this for tomorrow's episode. That guy faces stack box so often compared to Aaron Jones. And I'm not saying he's better than Aaron. I'm not trying to start that kind of drama. But the guy never gets any attempts. And he had two attempts for 14 yards. Um, Aaron Jones, six for 6.2. In a heavy box, A.J. Dillon, five attempts, 1.4 yards per attempt. Aaron Jones, three attempts, two yards per attempt. So not wildly successful. However, the, the middle ground here, seven men in the box. Aaron Jones, 11 attempts, 9.1 yards per attempt. A.J. Dillon, three attempts, 6.3. So stack the box or die was essentially the theme of this game. But no, they, they really didn't do it a ton, but they also didn't really face a lot of light boxes either. So that's my that's my read on the situation. Am I crazy? Did I not see that? Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, go pack, go. We can turn it around. Why not? Let's be optimistic. No point to be a sourpuss. Yeah, true. All right. I mean, thanks. maybe there is, but... Yeah, I get your point. So so you did see it. I'll concede that. You you saw it eight times in this game where they, they had a stacked box. That definitely did happen. One more thing I want to look at. I'm curious. Um, down in distance on that. So again, eight total attempts, rushing attempts that were uh, with the stacked box. You know, the only reason I ask is because one of those was obviously a fourth and one where they had like a billion guys in the box. How many of them were, for example, more than five yards out? The answer is five. So no, they 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 still did it a couple times. Just basically saying we don't we would rather if you didn't run on this down. So all right, who's up next? JJ's up next. Um, you asked about the twenty seventeen Giants <laughs> on Twitter. I don't understand the question. <laughs> so for those that are wondering, the question I asked on Twitter. Call in with your thoughts about the 2017 Giants. Was it the perfect storm? Did they play a perfect season? 608-501-0718. The tweet before that, by the way, says, We have 24 hours, 15 minutes, and 32 seconds until we find out if Aaron Rodgers is or is not the worst quarterback in NFL history. The tweet right before that, Packers lost the game but won the hearts of their fans. 608-501-0718. I got 10 comments and 12 likes. Who liked that post <laughs> on the uh, Aaron Rodgers thing? You can just tell when something is just a uh, hot button issue. In fact, I, I I would like you to do that. Just just if you don't care, if you wouldn't mind, um, and then tag me in it because I, I want to do a little social experiment. Say something that doesn't make any sense, but make it inflammatory, uh, inflammatory about Aaron Rodgers, either positive or negative, right? Something uh, sensational, you know? And I just want to see the reaction people have because we have 24 hours, 15 minutes, and 32 seconds until we find out if Aaron Rodgers is or is not the worst quarterback in NFL history. Got 12 likes <laughs> and uh, 10 comments. The reason I posted that, by the way, was the tweet before all those that said, I think I'm going to let the AI generate my tweets today. Hopefully, it will provide some much needed levity. Also, curious how many people will still choose to argue? which there was plenty. There's a thing you can go on Twitter and put in your uh, Twitter handle. It'll kind of read your tweets and spit out what they think would be a great tweet for you. So I thought it was pretty funny. I wanted to do it. I don't know. I was in a weird mood. I do things because I want to. All right, Ryan. I saw on Twitter you want to hear some people's thoughts about Giants. All right, well... That's all I read was the giant part. Right. Anything else. No, I get uh, it. My favorite one is Andre. Dude is solid. Andre the Giant. Yep. Uh, the man was massive, super athletic. Packers could have really used him yep. uh, nowadays. Um, with that being in mind, uh, well, who's your favorite giant? Oof. I know the Jolly Green Giant scares you because he reminds you of vegetables. It, I get literally. that. Um, Again, I paused the wrong one, so he kept talking and you stopped listening. It's not just vegetables, all right? It's, when I think of the Jolly Green Giant, it's canned green beans. That's what I think of. Canned green beans are disgusting. They're so bad. And that's what it makes me think of. 
Uh, let me rewind this a little bit. I'm like the kind of person who would enjoy a nice Paul Bunyan. Yep. You know, the story of him being giant. It, I'm there with you. Something about those, you know, lumberjacks. Just got to respect them. Careful. Fantastic. All right. Bye. Um, I'm so I'm what what I usually do with these nonsensical questions that I actually really like is that I Google it because I, I can't really think off the top of my head. And I did think of I didn't think of Paul Bunyan, but I thought of Jolly Green, and that's about it. Um trying to I got a list here. Top ten legendary giants. You got Cyclops, which I didn't really think of as a giant, but that dude's pretty cool. Uh also never really thought of him as having a horn, but in this picture he does. So he's a giant scaly fellow with one eye and a horn. Um, Gargantua. No idea what anything about that. Jack's giant. Is that the beanstalk guy? I don't know. Yeah, tale of Jack and the beanstalk. All these old... Um, nowadays, all the giants and like kids' stories and stuff, they're all kind of like more gentle looking. These are much more medieval pictures, and they're just... Everything looks horrifying. This guy definitely eats kids. Uh, number seven is Bigfoot. I think Bigfoot's stupid. I just think of, like, people dressed up in stupid costumes. Giants of Jotunheim, according to Norse mythology, Jotunheim is one of the nine worlds. I just kind of figured that's how you... Once, once I figured out it was Norse, it was like, oh, okay, it's Jotunheim. Uh, one of the nine worlds. Other ones include Earth for humans and Asgard for God. Jotunheim is the land of the giants. So it's not a giant. It's just a... It's a so that doesn't count. Paul Bunyan... So there you go. You have Frankenstein. That dude's a dork. Jolly Green is stupid. Little John. I don't know anything about Little John. And Goliath. Dude, that guy got taken out by a rock. So he's kind of a loser. I don't know, man. Um, There's not a lot of cool giants. That's what we're missing, I think. I mean, think about how cool giants are, like as a, as a category. But they're all stupid. I mean, just regular old... Just normal giants, like you said, like human being, actual tall people, like uh, Andre. That is probably the coolest giant, and I'm sorry, that ain't cool. How have we not figured out a cool story for a giant? I I guess it's kind of because it's clumsy or something, but somebody has to be creative and think of like a cool giant thing, man. We are severely lacking in cool giants. I mean, a stupid beanstalk, Bigfoot. Um, a world full of giants that don't do anything. Paul Bunyan, who, I mean, he's a lumberjack, dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. Paul Bunyan's cool, mostly because there's a restaurant that's associated with pretty much all you can eat pancakes and stuff. Otherwise, who cares? Frankenstein, again, stupid. Jolly Green is is vegetables. What have we done to giants? What What is uh, Little John? Some debate regarding the existence of Robin Hood and his band of merry men, the most massive of whom was a legendary Little John. Most stories indicate he was at least seven feet tall. Uh, so again, an actual human being, probably exaggerated. Back back in the day when everybody was like five foot two, he was probably like five seven. So I don't know. And then yeah, you got uh, Goliath of Gath, massive Philistine warrior who faced off against the Israelite army in the Valley of Elah. And then he got knocked out by a rock, and he cut his head off. So cool. I'm 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 just gonna go with the uh, Andre, just like you did. Cyclops is pretty dope looking, though. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know much about Cyclops. I just know that Cyclops means you have one eye. I, I've never really delved into what what that actually is, though. Interestingly enough, since we're way off topic, the legend of Cyclops may have some origin. In fact, it has been surmised that the discovery of the elephant skull by primitive people led to the creation of the myth. The hole for the nasal cavity, supporting the trunk, is enormous and could easily lead to misidentification as the crater for a single eye. Hmm. All right, let's do uh, one more Tom Austin, and then we're out of here. So I read a little bit more, and I'm mistaken. You were talking about a perfect storm, which I think you meant to say the perfect storm, which I didn't realize that Packing It After Dark was going to be turning into a movie podcast. Yep. But I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily want to talk about that. In particular, I'd rather much talk about Armageddon, mm. uh, which is, I think, a perfect film. I thought it sucked. And, uh, yeah, that movie instead. All right. Bye. This would make a terrible movie podcast because I'm, I'm, I would look at movies like Armageddon and say that was trash. And, um, 
that probably isn't a super popular take among cinephiles. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe people hate it. What is the Rotten Tomato thing for Armageddon? Armageddon. Not entirely sure I know how this works. Uh, audience score of 73%. And yes, no, I would not like to disable that. Uh, tomato meter, 37%. So critics didn't like it, but audiences largely did. So usually I'm on the side of not the critics, but I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't seen Armageddon since it basically first came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but like when it came out on TV or VHS or whatever. Um, so we're talking 1998, 1999. Um, not that I was super little. I mean, we're talking like middle school, but, um, I didn't, I didn't like it. So maybe I should watch it again. See if it's any good. Probably isn't. I just remember it was extremely boring. Like I just was, I was waiting for this thing to take off and it never did. So, but yeah, it, it, this is a movie podcast now. Anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>